Genre. Back to the Cornetto Minute, the daily podcast where we review and reanimate the Zomrom-Com Shaun of the Dead one minute at a time. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Nick Jimenez. And joining us again from having a friend for dinner, we have Michael and Melinda. Welcome. Thanks, guys, for having us back. Hello. Of course. Thanks. Yes, I am friend and hopefully not dinner. Indeed. I am <laughs> mostly the preparation person for dinner. I'm just the serial killer. It's fine. Uh <laughs> <laughs> well, today uh, we will you be taking a bite out of minute 75, uh, which, which begins with Sean asking if anyone's fired a gun before yes. and ends with Barbara telling Liz that it's nice to meet her finally. Hmm. Uh, okay. I know that we like got to talk about like the super duper action one the other day, but like I'm actually most excited about this minute. Is That's that, such a good does character. Does that make me weird? Minute. I know that it's like not an action yeah. one. Well, no, it's 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 a really good uh, character moment, and it's also um, sort of a thematic recreation of Sean's uh, speech at uh, at the electronics store where he works, yeah. um, mm. where he's where he's quoting something uh, that he doesn't quite understand. Yep. <laughs> um, yep, yep, yep. It's so it's it's really good. It's a it's it's a nice sort of payoff from that. Um, and there's some really good stuff and there's a little, there's a couple of bits and bobs that are cut out of it that were in the script that I actually quite like. And I understand for pacing reasons why you would cut them out, but I do miss them a little. Um, there's a, a bit. So when Sean is asking, has anyone fired a gun before? Uh, and he says, apart from David and Ed and in the movie, we cut to Liz saying, sorry, what's Ed's experience? Um, Instead, in that in that section, we have Diane. She she holds up her hands and says, "I have." And Sean says, "Good." Where she goes in a production of Lear, all the mili- all the military were played by women. It was a starter pistol, and Sean goes, ah, "It's not really a serious qualification." And Diane says, "We took it to the Edinburgh Festival." <laughs> Oh my oh, god! I miss Lucy Davis saying all of that. Not only that, I Ooh. know friends who, like in America, bragged about going to the Edinburgh Festival. Oh, yeah. So that's uh-huh. just choice that's for the, me. It's true to life. That, yeah. oh, oh, that, it tickles my heart in a good way. <laughs> god, God bless Diane. I know. Oh, yeah. I, I I miss yeah. that little that little bit. I I understand why it's cut, but it's of also I, I I miss it because it's a callback to her. Uh, you know, does anyone own a vehicle? And she's like, oh oh yes. Well, no, I passed my test. Like, <laughs> yes. it's sort of a callback to that. And so, um, I just yeah, I miss it a little bit. But uh, she's and- like the only kind of human that can make bragging seem charming. Right? Mm-hmm. It's adorable. I love <laughs> it. Absolutely. Uh, and then the other bit uh, that is cut out is after Liz says, what's Ed's experience? And Sean says he shot his sister in the leg with an air rifle. Liz asks why. And Ed says, she asked me to. Ooh, dark. <laughs> <laughs> 
Good lord, why? That is just a real kid thing. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Uh, that yeah. is. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> but my favorite my favorite joke in this moment is David saying, "How can five people operate one gun?" Oh my god, yes. No, absolutely. Well, it's funny cuz we Bill talked Murrow. about it the other day um on the last minute kind of going about, you know, again, just wildly unprepared people. We all think we're so prepared for mm. the zombie apocalypse. No, no. How many people can fire one gun? Why is there only one gun? Who knows how to fire a gun? Like the yeah, answer is the when you get 10 friends together, that's an accurate conversation. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I love the idea that you know, they don't go the walking dead route, which is just like uh, oh, oh, so I've never, I've never, uh, have you ever fired a gun before? No. Oh, well, this is how you do it. Great. Now I can shoot all the zombies I want. Exactly. Um, Headshots that's every stupid. time. Don't Tutorial yeah. complete. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's stupid. Uh, I, I love that. They're like, yeah, none of us know, but Sean's probably going to be the best at it because yeah. I don't know. Like, well, it, he has it just... the steadiest head at that moment. Like, that's right. really the thing is that it's like, okay, it's like thinking about it like uh, like when you go to a carnival and it's like throw balls at the milk jugs or throw you like, it's always the guy with the steadiest hand. And like the idea of like, I have an idea of how to aim this and I can get two wrong and then I'll probably get the third one right. Because mm-hmm. I've learned from those two mistakes as compared to the person who's like, I've definitely fired a gun before, but I'm going to freak out the entire time that I'm having to do it right now. Like right. there's a certain amount of stability that comes with that, which leads to the suspension of disbelief. But also we're here now. So like, right. And it's perfectly exemplified when Sean calls them bullets. And Ed yeah, has to correct exactly. him. No, they're shells. Call them oh, shells. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's well, perfect. it's really funny because like, if you want to equate it in so many ways to um, some of the the Oscar films, uh, you know, I don't know if you all have seen Itonia yet. Uh, yes, I have. Oh, my God. Apart from the fact that, A, great movie. B, there's something really accurate about the idea of, like, I think we all know that one person in our lives, whether or not we want to admit it or not. Um, who's that kind of person who's like way too into military stuff, even though they've never applied for the military or like very into guns, even though like all they really do is hunt something like that. You know, they say they want to apply to be a cop. They're not. Again, everybody meets three serial killers in their lives. You guess which ones (laughs) have come across you. Um, they talk about the deep state a lot. Oh yeah. But like, that's just it is that there's one person who's clearly going to know all this terminology, even though they do not know what they're doing. (laughs) Yeah. So, there's something really charming about those two worlds coming together in a not gross way. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, really nice. Sorry. The Itonia reference for those of you on the podcast, like listening in, is uh, there's a character in that film slash in real life who is that guy. And it goes so far that it becomes a detriment. Watch the film and find out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But no, but like, it's great. I love that Nick Frost is kind of the constant charming version of that character. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I remember I'm like, I'm not going to lie. I had that. I got wood shirt as like a high schooler because I loved it. Um, like his character is really charming and great, despite being the guy who even in this moment through that small, just two line moment of like, no, there's shells. Like, you know exactly who that character is in that moment. Mm-hmm. Like the way he looks, the way he says it and the way he's accepted, like, that's the environment that has mm. really built that, you know, Nick Frost, Simon Pegg mentality that made it work for three films. Yeah, it really mm-hmm. gave me that spaced vibe of uh, his, his kind of character from there. That little correction, oh. the little knowing yeah. that stuff. Like oh, it, yeah. It gives you like, a, oh, is this like is this like a Simon and, and Nick moment as opposed to 
uh, so I just love yeah. it. Feels real. Yeah. It feels so authentic. Well, and it's very moment. similar to the Diane moment that we were talking about before. Is mm. that what I love about like even just in this minute is we are getting everyone at their most dire. And even mm. with what you were saying before with the extended script moment, like it's everyone at their most dire, but they can't help but still be themselves. And themselves yeah. are yeah. not bad people. They're yeah, just right. charming bizarre and lost yeah and, and so. uh, yeah they're heightened but they're heightened because they're in these insane circumstances like yeah the dead are walking they're, they're gonna be a little heightened right. he's got adrenaline and, uh, well and 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 talking about sort of like really genuine moments in in this another another bit that i i really respond to is after Sean quotes philosopher Bertrand Russell and everyone is like really impressed, Liz at like takes him aside and says, did you get that off the back of a beer mat? And Sean says, yes, get his extra cold. And she promises not to say anything. Oh yeah. And that moment speech. Yeah. Yeah. That, that moment of sort of taking him aside. It's, um, there's a moment earlier in the movie where they're walking in the alley and uh, somebody asks, like, does he even know where he's going? I think I think it's David. David asks, like, does he even know where he's going? And Liz, like, snaps at him and says, of course he knows. And then she, like, walks up a little ways and whispers to Sean, but seriously, do you know where you're going? And I, I, I sort of pointed it out as, like, a very natural sort of um, relationship thing that happens where your significant other will have your back, but then also take you aside and be like, okay, but but seriously, do you know what you're talking about? Like, do you know what you're doing? Like, do you know where we're going? Um, and uh, like, I like the idea of them, of, of that moment of like, I'm not going to give you shit in public, but I will sort of give you shit privately. Oh, absolutely. Well, yeah. it kind of goes back to that idea with like the Diane character, the Nick Frost character, where it's like, this is who Sean is. Sean is this guy who's put on this air, but his ultimate fault is that at the end of the day, he got it from a beer mat. Mm, and, right. you know, like that's kind of the thing is that like, at what point are you pretending that you're not the guy at the electronics store? And it's a really beautiful moment of that acceptance of, I know you got this off of a beer mat, but I'm not going to tell anyone because it was really appropriate for this moment. Go team. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. And it was a really cool moment for you, and I don't want to ruin it for you, you know? Exactly. And it was appropriate. Like, it's not yeah. like it's like you gave, like, that was your Henry V St. Crispin's Day speech, and fine. It's somebody else's from a beer mat, but fuck it. Right. It worked. Right. That seemed cool, but I know you, so I have to ask. What? Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. And it's and it's those little it's those little moments where you really fall in love with Sean and Liz. Because Absolutely. you you understand them. Like you understand how these two people got together. You know, it's it's sort of like the opposite of of, you know, something like knocked up where you're just like, how the hell what? Like, no, these like that two. doesn't make it. Yeah, yeah. These two, that doesn't make any sense. But then you see these two and you're like, no, I, I completely understand how someone like Liz ends up with someone like Sean and still finds him charming, even though he's kind of a loser. Um, and you're rooting vice for versa. Him. Yeah. yeah. yeah Especially, right. You know, at this point you're, you're, if you're not pulling for him by this point, watching the movie, something's going to rry. Uh, mm -hmm. but, uh, Cause they're great. Yeah. They have such a great yeah. uh, uh, rapport. And then the moment yeah. where, you know, Liz uh, finally talks to Sean's mom or, you know, has a little moment there with Sean's mom. Oh, little Harriet right. Jones moment. I'm oh. sorry. As Doctor <laughs> Who fans, it's just like always a treat to see that lady on screen. Penelope oh, of moment. course. She yeah. rules. We, she rules. We have, we have talked about Harriet Jones, Prime Minister, uh, a yes. great many times. Good. Excellent. As okay. well you should. 
<laughs> okay. Have you talked about uh, her as one of the grumpy pants ladies on Downton Abbey too? I I've never seen Downton Abbey. Oh, so no. okay. She gets some great scenes she with does, yeah. uh, Maggie Smith. Oh yeah, they have Maggie like Smith. a whole witty repartee. She's like the section. second class mom to Maggie Smith's like countess. So it's constantly like, mm, oh, what are you doing here? No, yeah. oh. um, terrible. Yeah. There's terrible like a whole D plot of just the two of them verbally sparring yeah. over the course of. I don't know, mm. 100 yeah. episodes love that or whatever. D plot. Exactly, it's right? <laughs> it's the Who best part of the show. love a good D plot. Um, but no, it's like, again, it's it's charming in English. If you've seen one episode of Downton Abbey, you've seen all of Downton Abbey. Correct. But there are three fresh scenes each week of Penelope Wilton verbally sparring with Maggie Smith, and I'm in. Anyway, we've taken a turn. <laughs> we keep doing it. That's what we're here for. It, it It is a real shame. You know, it might be just because of the title or the marketing or the... It's a shame that the the pop collective pop culture memory of this movie is it being like the Simon and Ed show. Not that they're they're terrific, but it, it is such an. There are so many great ensemble moments in this movie. Mm. And Agreed. This these group of characters are you know going through this podcast. It, it, you get a sense of how three dimensional all of these characters are and they're so underrated. It's an underrated part of this movie. Well, and it mm -hmm. goes to show like when you especially look at where these two, like when, when you look at how Simon Pegg's career has gone and where Nick Frost's career has gone, like when I kind of think of them in a modern space, I, I have to think of Nick Frost really knocking it out of the park and attack the block. Like that is a guy oh, who yeah. is really, he genuinely honed in on what he is good at and he's good at acting. Mm -hmm. I think everybody just assumed in that very like Matt Damon, Ben Affleck kind of way when it comes time for a writing team, like everyone assumed that he was the buffoon, but mm -hmm. I would make the argument that he is the stronger actor at the end of the day. And then you get Simon Pegg on the other side who just wrote a Star Trek movie. Yeah. Like no joke. Yeah. Like in a weekend. And <laughs> not only, yeah, on a weekend. <laughs> and he wrote a good Star Trek movie, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like that's, that's kind of the thing is that like, you can really see where these two landed from beyond just two British nerds who made their first movie because you can really go back and look at how good that movie was and then when you see their careers now you're like no this makes perfect sense these mm -hmm. guys you watch this movie it's the Tom Cruise 1986 thing where it's like Tom Cruise in 1986 played both a teenage unicorn whisperer and Maverick in Top Gun. And that was like the year that like solidified that he was a movie star. When mm. you watch Shaun of the Dead, you watch these two guys and you forget that like, no, these two deserve both to be movie stars. And that's yeah. incredible. Yeah. Well, and it's, and it's, and it's especially incredible, you know, and I've said this before and I'll, I'll say, I'll probably say it continuously throughout uh, covering these movies, but it's amazing that Nick Frost isn't an actor. Like, he isn't an actor at this point. This is the third thing he's ever done. The first two series of Space oh, yeah. and this. And you would never know. No. Yeah. Uh, it's crazy. He's amazing. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. No, and, and it's the, it's so interesting because you can really see, for, for some actors, it really does come down to the confidence of working with that other person who you are comfortable working with. And so much of the Cornetto trilogy is born out of the idea that these 
these two guys did not feel like they could leave each other in the way that they interact in their films because they're always going to be secondary as compared to when they're working with each other and their careers have blossomed in such a way that they can do that now. That kind of self-confidence, it's almost like when you see actors who do community theater together for 10 years mm. or for five years, mm. you know, actors who move out to LA together and only exclusively work with each other in everything that they've done, you can mm -hmm. see that kind of comfortability level building to a point where they can branch out. Because in so many ways, if they had started with different agents doing different things, I don't know if they would be the people who they are in this film. Mm. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's for the internet to decide. I guess. Fan theory. We'll leave that to them. Fan theory. <laughs> yeah, and I just, every time we cut back to Barbara, I just, I'm just reminded that she's <laughs> oh, slowly dying. Uh, it's the most hardcore mom shit ever oh, right? yeah just like oh don't mind me i'm just everyone have your fun i'm just bleeding out in the corner <laughs> dying oh, oh dark weird hashtag okay <laughs> yeah she's been dying for like three weeks now uh it's oh you it's, bet that's a zombie yeah. movie <laughs> yeah that's a lot of minutes poor Patrick yeah Walton. Uh, yeah indeed. yeah that's always one of my favorite parts of zombie stuff, though, where it's just like, you know, the one guy who like, you know, got bit and then you have I'm to late wait for a meeting. Oh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. But like, what if we waited two acts so that way you forget to remind you? And it's like, is that effective? And the answer is no. We still remember. Mm. We're waiting. Come the fuck on. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Again, it's just not a device that works. But in this case, she's so great that you're just like, oh, no, this is going to get worse every time you see her. Mm. So. Oh, and again, like even just in that line of like, it's really exciting to finally meet you before I eat you. Like, yeah. oh, fuck. Uh, yeah. So, I, I mean, that's that's pretty much all I've got uh, for this minute. I don't know about any of you guys. No, this is a good one. I mean, like, here's the thing is that it, it wraps up really nicely. It's, mm -hmm. the, you know, coming right off that fight scene. But at the same time, just there's still good juicy shit in there. Mm. And like, mm -hmm. oh, it's so much fun. Have oh, y'all talked about Dylan Moran's stand up in previous minutes? I what? I don't know. Uh, no. no, we we haven't really. No, we we reference black kinda, books a lot, but yeah, oh, black Scott books rules. Yeah, but yeah. I've I've also seen a lot of his stand up. He's quite vulgar, but also very funny. Uh, he's the opposite <laughs> of the guy he plays in this movie, yeah. and right, I just it's he's amazing. It's like his yeah. shitty Depeche Mode Matt Berry impression. Like <laughs> <laughs> that's. Ooh. Yeah, it's Ooh. upsettingly accurate. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I it, it's, a, it's a real shame that he hasn't. He didn't make another appearance in the other two Cornetto films, to my knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No. I want Yeah. It's okay. They got Timothy Dalton for the next one, so like, oh, deal. I know. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we, yeah, we, yeah. We, we've discussed. Uh, it 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 bothers. It, it, yeah. Well, it really bothers me that uh, we have Dalton in Hot Fuzz and we have uh, Pierce Brosnan in yeah. The World's End, and there's no yeah. James Bond here. So we've decided that Big Al, even though we never see him, Big Al is played by Roger Moore. You know what? That's um, fair. Yeah, uh, I like that. That's a good I was gonna say. That's a great headcanon. I subscribe. <laughs> I will put that on archive. It will be fanfic. Can I just uh, <laughs> alternate theory? Can Big Al be Albert Finney from Skyfall? Ooh. Harder. Sean Connery. Yeah, you mean not Sean Connery. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's what not exactly Sean what I mean. They couldn't get Sean Connery. So they were like, let's get Albert Finney to grunt across from him. He is so fucking committed to League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Oh, my God. Yeah. No, correct. Wow. She got to go out. Go out. 
with thunder over your weird quarter main grave. I never thought about this, but when you think about like Dalton and Connery, actually both of them have played a quarter main type now between Penny Dreadful and actual Lee. Yeah. Oh, Jones, right. Oh, yeah. Right? So, like, maybe just all Bonds are destined to be grumpy quarter mains. Let's find out. And uh, pe- people might not know this, but some people uh, are in want of, like, a League of Extraordinary Gentlemen reboot or They're sequel. doing a TV and series that, for and HBO. That, but that already, uh, Black Eye, I don't know, Penny Dreadful's right there. And it's yeah. so perfect. But it's done. Yeah. But it's done. That's just it is that they're not doing another season of it. So, like, yeah. here yeah. we are. Yeah. Maybe right. if they go into, like, other, because Penny Dreadful was so in love with horror Correct. fiction of the age maybe Lee could be more like sci-fi adventure oh absolutely yeah, let's get Daniel yeah. Craig back let's do all the bonds as quarter <laughs> there we go you've heard it but you don't hate it hey, you know what? Choices, Daniel Craig but... has nothing going on in between Bond movies <laughs> well, uh, <you> so... <laughs> I think he just waits in an ice bath yeah <laughs> <laughs> I think just that's full about bond. right yeah Oh, that blonde and that that blonde hair and those blue eyes just really stay punching. <laughs> he, just, he just sits at neck length in a tub. Like so much Meryl like... Streep in that one movie. Yeah, no, for yeah. sure. Just Heineken's floating inside. <laughs> He's got a lifetime supply <laughs> in his garage. Oh, what a scene uh, we've painted for y'all at home. Little scorpions on the brim of the tub <laughs> scuttling around. <laughs> that is the only way to do it. Why would you not do it that way? I don't understand. That's how he does bath soap. The scorpions just don't, he has to like turn yeah. the soap, but yeah. like not... <laughs> It's a whole thing. Indeed. Bonds are weird. Well, uh, where where can people <laughs> find you guys on the internet? Oh, my goodness. Well, I am at Profoundly Gross on Twitter and Instagram. I answer questions pretty regularly. It's okay to fight me uh, about literally any of the things that I've said about Bond, Hannibal Lecter, serial killers, <laughs> true crime, also Cornetto stuff. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I, I am at Michael Nixon uh, on Twitter, uh, Instagram, etc., uh, I'd prefer we got along if that were possible, but feel free to. I'm a lady on the internet. They're always going to fight yeah, me. Yeah, you're pretty screwed. Sorry. <laughs> like, it w- but wouldn't it be nice? <laughs> I have a beard, so they tend to try and civilly debate me. That's oh, the that's quote nice. I got. Wow, Civil I what debate. that looks like. Sure. That's really cool. But if not, sure. and if you guys just don't even want to fight, you don't even want to get along, you just want to listen to murder, yeah. we have our podcast, Having a Friend for Dinner, about the Hannibal Lecter presence in pop culture Boy, do I recommend. It's a lot of just, again, good old talking about murder. Good old talking about murder. Yeah, if you like tangenting away from a subject, uh, like these two minutes we've been on, we can help. Also, one day I might eat Michael. It's still up for debate. Oh, shit. That's right. Oh, yeah. And at Ooh. one point we debated Batman versus Hannibal, which I think oh. is still a rad matchup. Yeah. No, we should really do like a debate special. Yeah, we Get did like, like a fight Hannibal versus Batman, and we did what would dinner with Bruce Wayne and Hannibal mm. Lecter look like. Because, like, oh, obviously man. he would know. Does Bruce, yeah, does he Yeah, no. Bruce Wayne would obviously know. But, like, it's kind of like the episode where it's, like, <laughs> him and the fiddle guy just going back and forth being like, I know what your deal is. I know what your deal is. What are we going to do about it? Sip wine. Like, Unless it's, like, the fuller Hannibal version, then it's the Batman Returns mistletoe is deadly when you eat it scene. <laughs> oh, my God. And, yeah, and then it's just Mads Mikkelsen fucking mouth-fucking a wine. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. Yes. Anyway, obviously, we get into sometimes on that. So thank you. Lots that's, of cursing. That's where you can find us, mostly me. <laughs> We're being honest. It's mostly me. Uh, but, yeah, that's us on Twitter, Instagram, podcasting. Mm-hmm. The social media. Yeah, and you can you can find that at uh, duelinggenre.com along with all of our other podcasts that we've got going on over there. So uh, go check out all of that stuff if you haven't already. 
And uh, thanks so much for joining us, guys. Thank you for having us. It's always a pleasure. This is so much fun. No, so much, such a great couple episodes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Too um, fun. All minutes. right. All right. Well, we will be back on Monday with another week of minutes. But in the meantime, let's have a nice cold pint and wait for all of this to blow over. I'm having such a good time. I'm having a ball. Don't stop me now. If you want to have a good time, just give it.